Do you want to find solutions on how to make decisions faster, how to solve problems with your teams, or define a clear strategy that resonates with your staff and customers? There is a workshop for that. Hello there, I'm Nati Ravez, founder of La Workshopeuse. I'm a collaboration consultant and workshop facilitator, member of an amazing workshopper community. In this podcast, I meet them to get the best advice on facilitation and I'll let leaders and managers speak to understand the challenges they are facing. Welcome to the show. Bonjour, welcome to another episode on the theme of design thinking. Today, I have the chance to talk to a renowned expert in the field, best-selling author Michel Leverick. I attended two of his workshops, one on the essentials of design thinking and the second on business ecosystem design. It was so interesting that I asked him to be my guest and he accepted. I'm very grateful for that. And today he will answer my questions on what is design thinking, where does design thinking come from and what was his own starting point on this topic We will also talk about the challenges of the companies he used to work with and how to overcome them. And we will remind us how 50 skilled facilitators failed the X challenge and exercise from his workshop. It was very funny and um, I like this part. And at the end, we will talk, of course, about his books and the templates he created to facilitate design thinking workshops. So I hope you'll enjoy this one and get some new input. Let me know in the comments what you took away from this episode and have a good listen. Hi, Michel. Hi, Nati. How are you? I'm good. The last time we see each other, it was summer. So nice to see you. How are you since then? Excellent. It was a beautiful summer. Um, I was really relaxing over the summertime. It's beautiful weather. And I was also working a little bit on my new book project. And I'm now really, really ready to go for autumn because um, usually before Christmas, a lot of things are happening. Yeah. So it's really an honor for me to have you as a guest today. Uh, thank you for accepting my invitation. I had the chance during that event during the summer to participate in one of your workshops on the theme of design thinking and the ecosystems of tomorrow. I discover your work and your visions and I was amazed by your book. You have been a pioneer in design thinking and your ideas, books and your company help people around the world to better lead innovation, digital transformation and business growth in an era of faster and faster change. You are the author of international bestsellers that I think every um, every business owner should have if you want to grow a sustainable and profitable business with mindfulness. The Design Thinking Playbook, the Design Thinking Toolbox, and design thinking for business growth. So I'm very happy to talk with you about that today. And maybe to start, because I'm not sure that everybody knows this uh, word combination, what is design thinking? This is the first question. 
Yeah, that's a really good question because um, I have my own definition also for design thinking. There might be also many de definitions for design thinking, but uh, design thinking, first of all, is a mindset, a way how we collaborate, a way how we're looking into the problem space, a way how we discover the customer needs to create afterwards within a lot of iterations better solution products for the customer. So this is basically a full set of um, tools, methods, a mindset with distinct elements, and of course, a design thinking process, the team or organization is following to creating radical innovation. How did you become a design thinker? Because this is for, for me, this is something relatively new, but I think you are in this topic since over 10 years, I guess. Yes, actually, design thinking was um, originated at Stanford University 55 years ago. So we're talking about some things already existing for a long time. And I had the first contact with design thinking 20 years ago when I was collaborating in Munich with the Munich startup competition with startup companies investigating how they can evolve new capabilities. And I realized that most of the companies at this time were really focusing on technology and basically creating new technology for the market of the future. And at this point, it was quite important that these startup companies were refocusing and saying, look, there might be also a customer, there might be a user, and you have to be much more user-centric to creating like really new market opportunities. What are we trying to achieve? And this was my starting point coming from like some traditional technology and innovation management and a totally new mindset of creating innovation. And this is my starting point to um, explore what it's all about, to connect to the community. Um, I was building up a relationship with Stanford University. I was creating the first projects and building up my methodology. And then basically um, I went deeper and deeper into the design thinking mindset and became an expert over 20 years. You've been working with uh, different companies. Um, what are the challenges of the companies you work with? Usually what's happening is that uh, we implement design thinking or implement a new mindset within large organizations. And um, after a while, it seems that organizations lose the ability to be customer-centric. I think it's like waves. We see these waves like every fifth year. You know, Someone is sponsoring, building up teams, and then um, they create new market opportunities, new innovation. And then afterwards, they're really focusing again on efficiency, on exploit and sustaining and like incremental innovations. And they're losing the capability of, exploring new market opportunities. And this is basically kind of um, what I think is, is the biggest challenge that we're we implementing, we're we training, and we changing the mindset. And after a while, we're losing again. And this is ma mainly related to the um, project sponsors, but also like specific team members not being with the company anymore. So it means that the willing to change something is here, but the turnover and the fact that everything is changing very fast um, make it complex for the enterprise to be s sustainable with design thinking. Is it right? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest challenge. And I think the only thing what you can do to overcome this um, challenge is that you scale 
from start. So you're building up your first capabilities, maybe with a small team, you run your first projects, then basically you should really try to have a train the train concepts in your company and, and scaling the mindset. And hopefully after a while, design thinking became kind of a routine for every employee. And once it's part of the culture, it's it's really hard to lose. But um, if you're just experimenting and doing like smaller teams and it's not becoming part of the regular doing on your daily basis, it's of course um, something you can easily lose if key people are leaving the organization. You think that we should make some training to be able to train the others in the in their own enterprise exactly but it's not only only training um usually what i'm applying is called project-based learning so uh, we educate while we running the project and this has the benefit first of all it's not just expenses and training because you get in the end of the day also the um, benefit of the project. So you have real outcomes, tangible outcomes, and at the same time, the teams are learning a new mindset, new tools, and new methodology. And this is much stronger than just having regular trainings with like uh, PowerPoints and um, learning by heart, you know, what, what are the, the key terms? Because um, design thinking is something really is living out of applying it doing it on a regular basis, reflecting on what I have done. And then basically you can really build up your capabilities and um, creating a kind of a new wave of creative confidence within your organization. If you'd like to join me for a podcast episode or discuss the challenges you face at work and how I can help, book a free call or send me an email, all the contact information is in the show notes. Yeah, I had the, the luck to be part of your workshop and we were like 50 facilitators from all over the world. So people who are used to work with companies and even, <laughs> even there, we failed uh, everybody together as you gave us um, an exercise to do. Can you explain the exercise you gave us? It was funny. Mm. It was funny at the end, but um, actually, yeah, yes, we, yeah. we did one exercise. We did actually two exercises, and um, actually, so the first one, um, I think everyone was doing okay, but the second one was more challenging. And uh, the exercise called the Act Challenge, and um, part of the Act Challenge is that basically you're forming smaller teams, you get limited supply material, and at the end of the day, you have like one represent of a customer. It's a row egg, and the row egg has to. Um, be thrown from a height of two meters and, and, and basically what's happening, um, with like all the teams, you know, you, you're starting this exercise is that everyone is really focusing on the task, focusing on being better than the competitors, um, having their own strategy, not sharing, hiding what they're doing. And in the end of the day, everyone is failing. And this reminds a lot about how a strategy and how companies operating nowadays in the field of innovation, say, not transparent and not collaborating and they're not applying ecosystem design. So finally, you know, we can also assume what will be happening to all these companies in the future because same behavior as we see in these kind of little uh, warm-ups and, and training pieces we were applying in our workshop in Italy. The future is the creation of ecosystem, is it right? The future is business ecosystem design as a methodology and a mindset. And the future is really to become like 
a participant in business ecosystems or even initiate your own business ecosystem. And both things need a couple of mind shifts to think totally different, as mentioned before, and this is exercise. And of course, um, it, it needs also kind of a reframing about what is our core business and what kind of market role we like to be and take into the future because uh, ecosystem design has to do a lot of this capabilities and of course skills you have within your companies but has also do a lot of um, reorganizing and redesigning who you are and how you like to contribute and how you like to earn money in the future yes and what kind of uh, problems we want to solve with the product so what are the needs of the users which are maybe bigger than what we can offer so if we put us together if the enterprises are collaborating and not concurrencing then we have more to to give for the user is it right exactly and, and two things are really important so, so customer is always in the center of the business ecosystem design the second part is that we looking into new customer needs and new customer behavior creating totally new value propositions. And usually it's something, it's not existing for the customer and also not existing in the market. And then basically the ecosystem design helps to go exactly into these market opportunities. And um, because of the idea of collaborating, you are able to fulfill all these customer needs together and usually a single company is not able to fulfill all these customer needs it's not able to create the value proposition or you have to invest a lot of money you have to invest resources capabilities all these offerings and basically finally uh, you might be really slow until you offer something to the market and the business ecosystem design has the advantage you're much, much quicker you're um, more dynamic you can adjust much quicker to the market and you can create something no one else has seen before and when we look into what's coming along now with new technology and also with the idea of web3 and metaverse We're looking into things that not have been existing before. We're tapping into something. We have a deep immersion into something which is not existing before. And then, of course, we need business ecosystems to come up with something totally new, creating new value propositions. And uh, therefore, I think all the companies would really like to stay ahead of the curve at the moment, also like to um participating in Web3 in the future, they have to learn right now about business ecosystem design. Yeah, like for example, 10 years ago, we couldn't think that a mobile phone would be also a way to pay your, your invoice at the supermarket or to book a cinema ticket. This is the kind of mindset we need to to create the future what is not existing and to create the products that the users don't even know that they will need this, right? Exactly. That's that's the, the idea behind. And, and hopefully we will see more ecosystems in Europe coming along because at the moment we see a lot of companies operating in the ecosystem space and in Asia and they're really building up like new offerings and, and Europe is still behind because the mindset of business leaders is still kind of as described before, we're focusing on competitive advantage, we do a traditional SWOT, we do all these things we have learned in management education 50 years ago, but we're not tapping into like a new 
way of collaborating, of creating value proposition and looking into the multidimensional view of business models and connecting all these dots with value streams. And this is basically needed to uh, initiate a solid and professional ecosystem. And then basically you have a good starting point to scale and to create exponential growth in the future. I have in my hand the design thinking playbook. Um, would be interesting for me to know how how is the process to create this kind of book and a lot of templates uh, these templates are amazing yes so the templates um were kind of very useful especially the, during the pandemic time because uh, from one to the other day we had to collaborate in the digital space and uh, we created the toolbox way before and we were creating all these templates with the idea that on a certain stage in time we do hybrid working so that's the reason for the templates was that well to the templates we have like a digital version and we can print them out and so basically you have a combination between um the digital and the physical world and then the, the pandemic hit all of us and we had lockdowns working from remote and there were no physical workshops anymore and this was really the time that we had a, like a really big boost of of, of people coming to us and saying, we need your templates now because um, we have to facilitate our workshops in Miro, Mural, or Klaxoon or any other kind of virtual whiteboard. And with, with our templates, this was like one drop from the inbox into your mural board and then you had like 50 templates ready to go and this was um, really nice not only for our customers but also for ourselves because um, I was able to run from one to the other day all my workshops with the same templates in the digital space and um, they give you really kind of the, the full set for running a workshop for one day or of like having a sprint over six months because you have so much um, information and so much ideas to collaborate that it's really filling up um, the entire time with like good questions, good information that a lot of teams can collaborate at the same time. Especially for innovation products or innovation digital transformation, I guess. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And for the other question about writing a book, of course, this is always a process of doing proper research. Um, usually it takes like five years that we're starting to put methodology together. Then there's iterations of testing all these tools and methods. And then we have feedback. And after a while, um, we have a good set of content. And usually when we have a set of content, we're reaching out to the publisher and asking for like now a book idea and how um, basically also there's a market response for for the title and also for what we like to present and then um with the tested and validated content we're starting to writing up the book and so it's usually kind of a five-year research process of validating of testing and then basically um we dedicate a lot of time of writing up the books and at the same time we we, we designing the books because usually a double page in the book has a lot of illustrations and text And we, we're trying to put these things really um, together and also iterate uh, with potential readers about um, how it feels, how the information flow is to get like the best experience um, also for our um, petitioners and readers um, applying the content of the books on a daily basis. The, the visuals are very nice. Um, the little white men's are very nice. And it's really easy to 
to read and to use. It's like a Bible um, and really easy to use. It's not something, yes, that you have to read first and then and then. This is like a process, like a process. And you can always take this and key learnings, perform facilitation. For example, I have here, oh, no, how might we support the facilitation process? Um, really interesting for me as a workshop facilitator, but also for the employees who want to use it day by day in their in their work. So a very good book. I think you have one book coming out in French in November, right? Yes, um, Design Thinking Life book is translated into uh, the French-speaking community. And I'm really glad we have also another French version for Design Thinking Life because um, I think right now we have also the time for these kind of books in Europe. It's all about self-reflection, making the best out of the current situation. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not so easy at the moment because a lot of things are happening. We have high inflation and um, a lot of people have fears about the future. So this book really helps to reflect, to look who you are, you know, what you like to achieve and also looking into like kind of maybe limited resources at the moment to achieve something. And it's really kind of uh, a nice reflection book, uh, applying design thinking methodologies and mindset to plan your own life and um, making a better of, of you in the end. So that's, that's, that's quite nice. It comes to the right time, you know, also for the French translation. Yeah, I think this is the right time. And, and you have uh, another book coming out next year if i can mention it in april yes so the new book is all about innovation metrics and design thinking so we have put together 400 pages of content it's, it's really focusing on how to measure creativity how to measure your product life cycle portfolio is looking into objectives and key results but there's also kind of a, a nice piece i really enjoyed writing up and, and putting together about the future of design thinking and the relation to artificial intelligence how to apply neurodesign and also how to combine big data analytics and design thinking wow you will uh, never stop writing books right <laughs> Let, let's see. So this will be quite nice. I'm looking forward for this book. And um, yes, you can pre-order already, but it's coming out in April. And there's a kind of night of red, red book, red playbook for okay. innovation metrics. Thank you very much, Michelle. Yeah, Nati, thank you very much for having me on your show. This was great. Thanks for, for the chat. Thanks for reconnecting after um, our workshop in Italy. And um, yeah, keep up the design thinking mindset. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. If you want to learn more about design thinking, I can highly recommend Michelle's books. For those who are already introduced to the field and want to improve their skills, the new book Design Thinking for Business Growth is the perfect guide for the future. And finally, for the lucky ones who are in Indonesia in early December, Michelle is one of the trainers for the four-day design thinking retreat in Bali from the 5th of 9th of December. You can find all needed informations in the show notes. In the next episode, I welcome Carla Ramos. And coincidentally, this episode will be broadcast on her birthday, December 9th. She looks back at her path and her first part-time job while studying, which gave her a skill foundation she would need throughout her career until she started her own company, Tribe of Agile. So stay tuned and until then, I wish you good health 
success and happiness. Au revoir. <coughs>